when I would drink, it brought out this other person in me that I was about to say that I liked more, but I'm not sure if I liked that person more either, right? There was just something, this fake freedom that I had. And that word entrapment really hit me because that's really one of the things that I remember. What came up for me when I heard you read that section was when I went away to college, I remember feeling I was finally free. I went away, I went out of state, 2000 miles away from from home, from my parents. And I was excited because I thought that I was going to be free. And that's when that's when my drinking took off. That's when it started. And I mean, it didn't take long to feel I was trapped, right? It was like this freedom that I thought that I was getting ended up being chains for me. And it wasn't freedom. Tears roll down your face Reaching for something Someone to embrace To numb Welcome to Sobriety Checkpoint. Are you a parent in recovery wishing for peace and emotional sobriety? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling things like how to overcome negative thinking or why is my heart racing? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to feel resentful and irritable when you put everyone else's needs first and leave no time for yourself again? Hey, I'm Felicia. I'm a 12-step returned therapist and I too have battled anxiety and that critical inner voice. All I wanted was peace and just a little bit of time to myself. I tried to strive and achieve to find happiness, but that only left me with more anxiety. I finally realized I needed to discover my true identity to find the peace I was striving to attain. In this podcast, you're going to find solutions to navigating mental health, spirituality, and relationships to experience the peace you've been craving. It's time for that desperately sought-after solo target run. Grab your keys and let's go for a drive. There's no judgment or breathalyzer at this sobriety checkpoint. Bounded by the beauty of it all. Recognize I was always destined to fall into deepest dark. Stronger than we think we are So fight and show your strength I just wanted to give a quick update. I've been publishing two episodes a week for the last couple of months. I just wanted to let you know that there will only be one episode a week. Every Thursday, you can listen to a new episode of Sobriety Checkpoint. I'm super grateful for you. I'm glad that you listened to the podcast, and I really hope that you'll continue to join me weekly on Thursdays. All right, now let's get started. Okay, welcome back. I'm welcoming you back. It's your podcast. Welcome back. So before we go any further, I just want to mention I've launched a new online platform for people who either thinking of getting into sobriety or are in sobriety now. My whole focus for this is to kind of I want to promote to people the idea that sobriety doesn't have to be boring because that's what kind of scared me in the beginning. So I've launched a platform that's called Sobriety Rocks. 
the title is what it suggests really it's like a double meaning sobriety rocks is like a destination but also it's the idea that sobriety rocks because it is good fun the first phase of sobriety rocks is we're going to be doing online weekly sobriety rocks sessions where anyone in the world can come and jump online it'll be on zoom come online and there'll be some format for the session some stuff to help people with sobriety and just have chats with people that are like-minded if anyone wants to come along join the facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash sobriety rocks uk and the instagram page is at sobriety rocks uk so join those pages and all the information for the weekly sessions will be on there it's at 7 45 p.m uk time on a wednesday evening 11 45 pacific 245 eastern if that helps you americans you got, out there got it. it's so <laughs> difficult you've got to remember times for like other parts of the country haven't you we just got one time that's easy let's build a big community of like-minded people that want to get sober and have fun doing it so we'll go ahead and get started with our thoughtful thursday and Stuart has the reading for today this is something i knocked up a couple of weeks ago i was having a this was part of my sort of topic that we're going to use for one of my sessions but we'll use it here instead it says i'd like to discuss the thought-provoking concept that addiction can often be viewed as a form of escapism at its core addiction involves seeking refuge from the challenges and pressures of reality attempting to find solace in substances or behaviors that temporarily provide relief from life's complexities just like a traveler seeking to escape the confines of their everyday world those struggling with addiction often find themselves on a journey away from their worries addiction can serve as a coping mechanism offering a fleeting sense of control and distraction from the hardships that they face in this sense it's essential to recognize that addiction doesn't emerge out of nowhere rather it arises from a genuine desire to find respite from emotional pain trauma stress or a sense of emptiness however the path of addiction is a deceptive one what initially seems like an escape gradually transforms into a more profound entrapment training individuals to their cravings and leading them further from the life they seek to avoid it's a cycle that can be challenging to break often requiring immense courage support and professional help understanding addiction as a form of escapism invites us to approach those who struggle with empathy and compassion it prompts us to address the underlying issues that push individuals toward addiction and to offer healthier alternatives for dealing with life's difficulties by acknowledging the root cause of addiction and focusing on building resilience self-awareness and effective coping mechanisms we can provide a path toward true liberation from the cycle of escapism in conclusion the notion that addiction can be seen as a manifestation of the human desire for escape highlights the complexity of the issue it encourages us to approach addiction not with judgment but with understanding by addressing the underlying reasons for for seeking escape we can pave the way for a brighter and healthier future for those battling addiction i wrote this together because over my years of being in recovery you can look at it in a lot of different ways i heard a lot of people say things you are blocked off from a god a higher power whatever you want to call it and you were seeking to get there using other forms so that like the idea that addiction was basically like trying to find a spiritual connection with something but using substances to get there but i kind of had to think of it a different way because i wasn't if i think back to my early days before addiction really took hold of me i wasn't trying to get to somewhere different i was trying to escape from where i was 
Like, I didn't fit in as a child. I would be very anxious, very nervous, but I, you know, I didn't know what those feelings were. Because when you're a child, you don't, you can't, you don't get a feeling of anxiety and go, oh yeah, I know that's anxiety. You know, that's something that you learn later on in life what it is. So when you're a child, you're just really confused and don't understand and just trying desperately to fit in anywhere I could. And I wasn't happy being in my skin. So I was trying to escape all the time. You know, as a youngster, it's things like toys and sweets and TV and stuff like that. And yeah, like as I got to like a teenager, that feeling just grew and got worse. And I just, I could not fit in with, I just felt like I didn't belong with any of these other kids that I was growing up with. They all seemed to have a handbook of how to deal with life. And I didn't. And yeah, I, the instant feeling I got from drinking alcohol, it, it was like a, it was an instant anxiety remover. It just took every bit of anxiety that I had, nervousness, shyness, all of that, it just went instantly. And I felt like I could function. So because of how good it made me feel, because I wasn't that shy, nervous kid anymore. So I was escaping from that feeling that I had, and that, the feeling that I couldn't sit with. So. It just meant I wanted to be like that all the time. So the only way for me to get to that was through having a drink. So I just became natural that that's what I wanted to do all the time. And then like it says in the reading, slowly it kind of entraps you away from the life that you were trying to get away from in the first place. And you end up being stuck in this cycle of being drinking, drunk, causing destruction, waking up full of remorse. I'm never doing that again. And then the feelings that I was trying to get away from in the beginning, when I was sober, those feelings were then even worse because of everything I'd done whilst drunk. And then you're teaching yourself the only way to stop yourself feeling that way is to have a drink. You start off initially by trying to get away from this person that you are, that you don't feel comfortable being. And then you're training your brain to thinking that you have to be this other person but then you also don't like being that person because it causes so much carnage when you are drunk, but then heightens the feeling of the anxious stuff when you are sober. So it tricks you into thinking, well, I need to get out of that again. I feel I'm waffling around, like going around in circles now, but you get the idea of what I'm trying to say, don't you? Yeah, no, I completely understand that. And I can identify with that as well, with feeling I didn't fit in. I was also very shy and... I know that when I would drink, it brought out this other person in me that I was about to say that I liked more, but I'm not sure if I liked that person more either, right? There was just something, this fake freedom that I had. And that word entrapment really hit me because that's really one of the things that I remember. What came up for me when I heard you read that section was... When I went away to college, I remember feeling I was finally free. I went away. I went out of state, 2,000 miles away from from home, from my parents. And I was excited because I thought that I was going to be free. And that's when that's when my drinking took off. That's when it started. And I mean, it didn't take long to feel I was trapped, right? It was like this freedom that I thought that I was getting ended up being chains for me. And it wasn't freedom. The word you used just then, I was, I was thinking myself as well, was fake freedom. Everything that I thought I needed to be was so fake. I was trying to be the person that I thought everybody wanted me to be. And yet I didn't like that person that I was trying to be. 
but because they liked it, I felt that's what how I should be. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm also recognizing I still have that part in me that still exists. This part of me that wanted to mold myself to everyone else. Sometimes I can feel insecurity kind of rise to the surface. And I'm aware that there's this part of me that still feels this way. So I think in recovery, it's like, okay, what do I do with that? What do I do with this part? Because I think these parts of us that existed as children, they don't just disappear. They don't go away. They're still there. But then when they come to the surface, how do I nurture this part that feels like all of a sudden it wants to change or mold me to my surroundings or somehow figure out how to change myself to fit in? With the alcohol, that was something to change me so that I could fit in. And this part still exists and still wants to change some things about me so that I could fit in. And what I've realized is that through recovery, it's not as much about fitting in. It's about finding the people where you feel like you belong and you could be yourself. There's a big difference between fitting in and belonging because belonging has to do with just being able to be be yourself, everybody else around you can be themselves. And fitting in, there's more conformity and fitting in. Mm. And being with people that you belong with, a lot of times it might be a group of people where people are very different from each other. When I first got into recovery and I would go to meetings, I'd go with a group of people after a meeting and to a diner or a coffee shop and I'd look around the table at all the different faces. And it would be such a huge mix of ages, backgrounds, professions, Yeah, either having a profession or being unemployed, right? A, a range of people. And it, it was this beautiful feeling of belonging and not having to change myself because we were all just It is great. There's, like, there's a common ground there that's, that brings everyone together. Like I'm a big believer in vibrational frequencies like everyone has a vibrational frequency you're just a pile of atoms i'm a pile of atoms we're all just energy big balls of energy and i believe that like if you've got similarities with people you have a similar energy and your energy connects and that's why i feel like when you're in a meeting you get that energy from the people because there is that common ground but at the same time like you say there's such a mix of people outside of a meeting there's a lot of them that would be like well i wouldn't want to go anywhere else with you like i'll go for coffee afterwards but I couldn't like because they've got such different interests. But then again, saying that, like when I first got into recovery, I didn't know what I enjoyed. I'd spent so long just trying to mold myself into being something completely different that I thought would fit in with everyone else. I didn't know what I really enjoyed. Yeah. 12 years in, I'm still figuring some of that stuff out too. I think there's more to be revealed as time goes by what you're into. I went to events and stuff while I was drinking more on a like a a bit of a pretense to for it to be a reason to have a drink. So I'd go and watch the football, soccer with my dad and <laughs> we it would be because we could have a drink or watching football or watching it. Most going to a live event, watching a band, you have a drink, you know. I didn't really, I didn't I didn't really know what music I would like to go and watch. But yeah, like I've in sobriety I've discovered so many things that i've got into that i've really enjoyed I, I started boxing for a long time i ended up doing boxing for seven years had a few semi-pro fights lost some won a few that became 
so that like for me a lot of that as well is about comes back to the kind of the escapism really as well as i think like to really push yourself as a person to progress forward and get away from that feeling of anxiety and shyness is you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone so you got to just pick something that is really really hard to do but you really want to do it and then just try and get good at it whatever whatever it is it could be like i did it with boxing i'd never been in a boxing gym in my life i had no idea what i was doing ended up really enjoying it had 12 fights and had quite a successful fighting record that started becoming a bit easy so it was like comfortable again and then i decided I'd, i'd always wanted to have a go at dancing properly so i started doing dance lessons and now i'm a amateur dancer um I've, I've entered a few competitions with my partner but it's like it's something that we enjoy together and it's like you say it surrounds you with people that are like into similar things finding people who have got a similar interest finding a tribe that you fit in with my blood wants to dance but my feet don't agree <laughs> i thought that i thought i had no rhythm at all but the years of boxing have obviously helped it somehow. Like the center of gravity must be kind of okay from boxing. But I was thinking about this the other night. I'm getting married next year. I sent my best friend who I've known since I was five years old. He's going to be my best man. And he's asked for a list of names and phone numbers of people that would come to the, the stag do. And it's such a random mix of people. I've got a sober group, group that are all boxers and another group that are dancers. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. So can you pull up the the reading one more time? One of the things I like about this reading is one of the points I want to try and get across is part of my, since I've got sober and since I've written the book, I'm I'm trying to help people wherever I can who are like struggling with addiction, but I don't want to help people who are in addiction and people who are trying to get sober. I want to help people who don't suffer with addiction to understand it a bit more because I want to try and sort of break this stigma between the general public and addicts, like the the negative view that people have on people who are suffering with addiction, where they look at them on you know homeless on the street, and they almost look at it as if it's their own fault. And it's like, yeah, sure, people do make some choices, and sometimes people do make some bad choices, but nobody chooses to be an addict. No one chooses to be an alcoholic. I read a fact somewhere that it said when you look at someone who's homeless on the street and is a drug addict, they didn't become homeless because they were taking drugs. They started taking drugs because they were homeless. So it's like the poverty that comes first before the drug addiction. They're using the drugs to cope with the situation that they're in. Most people in the world are only like one traumatic experience away from becoming an addict. You know, I say to people now, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got over 10 years of sobriety, but I don't know what's around the corner. There could be some event that happens in my life that makes me hit that fucking button and decide to just throw away the last 10 years. Life's got a funny way of creeping things up on you, isn't it? Definitely. The thing that's coming up is something that I read in your book about addiction being on a spectrum. You might not have said spectrum. Did you talk about it as a spectrum or yeah, as a, yeah, I yeah, something, I did touch on something that. like that? Yeah. And when I'm rereading this excerpt that you read at the beginning, I feel having had a problem with substances has been a gift because of the fact that it's so clear 
what's mm-hmm. being used to escape. Because all of us, I think, are trying to escape something. Even if they're not, even if somebody's not drinking or using, now that I'm sober, I mean, they're still escaping that I try to do. I've got this device that's right next to me, got this phone, just scrolling, just trying to distract. Different world for five minutes. Completely. And I think the fact that there was something so evident and clear that was problematic, I think it's a blessing because I think without that, I might not have had the opportunity to face other things that I use to escape, right? So now that I'm aware, okay, I'm an escaper, right? That's what I do. Mm -hmm. I can see that I still try to escape in other ways. And if I didn't have the starting point of alcohol, I might not have realized all these other things that I do to try to escape. I think that that is somewhat a blessing in disguise. Um, I used to I used to find it quite funny when, when I, I used to hear people say things like I'm a grateful alcoholic and I used to think what are you grateful for man that's just weird but now I kind of understand that I'm grateful that my problem was alcohol and drugs because like you say yeah it was it's so clearly outwardly destructive at some point you have to wake up and realize go, yeah this is there's something wrong with me here so the way I describe it in my book is we're saying it's like escapism so what Addiction for me is fixing how I feel with something else outside of me. And so for for me, the quickest, simplest way to ever do that was a drink. And the problem is once I have a drink, it sets off this reaction in my brain and my body that I just want more and I can't stop. So going back to the notion of fixing how I feel with something else, everybody does that. Everybody on the planet fixes how they feel with something outside of them, whether it be social media, alcohol, TV, food, sex, gambling, whatever the vice is, it doesn't matter. So when I'm saying like that addiction is like a spectrum illness, so one person could go, I'm, I've had a real tough day. I feel this way. I don't like it. I've got home from work. I'm going to make myself better. I'm going to have a glass of wine and they'll have a glass of wine, they still fix how they feel using something outside of them, but they might then have the ability to put the bottle of wine away and not touch the rest of it. That's the difference between someone who's like top end of the spectrum using addiction to the bottom end of the spectrum. And you're not ever like fixed in one position and you'll never move because like you could gradually get worse over a period of time and you could increase your vice use whichever vice it is you're using you can increase that over a short period of time or something traumatic could happen and that could cause you to start using that vice more often in a more addictive way the other like but the the other thing about i need to start doing some studies man because i'm my head's like so into like wanting to understand addiction so much more than i do like i'm going off i'm talking about stuff that i just i know from experience and something that baffles me in it is how you can have people using different vices to fix how they feel. And one particular vice they might use and not ever like go out of control with it, but another one they do. It's almost like certain things kick off different reactions in the brain to that person. I'm an addict when it comes to most things, drink, drugs, I buy too many pairs of trainers because I like them. I'm quite 
sporadic with things like if i have an idea like i want to do something i'll like i started playing golf with my with my dad and i went out and spent over 300 pound on clubs and i've got no idea how to play the game but then with other things like i'm not in a where i can gamble but bets on on football play fruit machines and i get bored after a couple of minutes it doesn't ignite my brain like other things do and i'd love to understand why that is there are people out there who their problem is food and they binge eat and they eat too much food and they put on weight. But yeah, if they go out on a Saturday night, they can have a few glasses of wine and stop. But when it comes to food, they can't stop themselves. I'd love to understand how different vices trigger different things in people. Yeah. If you could leave listeners with just one thing for today, one sentence, this is the takeaway. What would it be? Putting you on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> If you find yourself trying to escape from a certain thing, instead of running away and escaping, try and sit with whatever it is that you're trying to escape from and and work out what it is. And then start questioning yourself as to why you're trying to escape from that. It's normally like the pausing in between a thought and a reaction. The pause normally stops the reaction or an extreme reaction. So when you're trying to escape, stop, think about what it is you're trying to escape from, and then try and work out why. And then by the time you've worked that out, you probably won't want to escape anymore. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with another parent in recovery who may be looking for solutions to mental health in sobriety? Also, please leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts so that other parents just like you can find the show. I'm super excited to know this podcast is helping you. Tune in Thursdays for the latest episode. I'll see you back here on your next Target Run. Until next time. We are stronger than we think we are. So fight and show your strength. Bring grace from our God. Learn grace from our God. Learn grace from our God. Oh, learn grace from our God.